0: Hello and welcome to the GMHBA Healthier Together podcast series. This series has been developed to assist you to master your health and well-being. Health is too hard when you try to go it alone, and we know that together we are healthier. Today on the show we'll be discussing dental health with Dr. Anna Stokes. Anna works at the GMHBA practice in Geelong and has more than 20 years experience in all aspects of family, general, complex and cosmetic dentistry. Welcome to the show, Anna.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. Now, more than
0: 90% of Australian adults have experienced tooth decay. Can you explain what tooth decay is and what actually causes it? 90%
1: 90% of adults, isn't that? That's a pretty sad statistic for something that's such a preventable disease. Tooth decay or dental caries is caused by bacteria in our plaque. It's mainly streptococcus mutans and lactobacillus. They're the main culprits. And when we consume certain foods and drinks, those bacteria in our plaque metabolise it to produce acids. And those acids can then soften and break down the surface of our tooth structure. Initially, that process is reversible. But if it's left unchecked, it can result in caries or cavities that then need to be treated.
0: So can you explain why it's important? To get regular checkups,
1: prevention and maintenance. Okay, Um, just like we would service our car, it's a good idea to get your mouth checked. A lot of oral disease is symptomless in the early stages, and when by the time we feel symptoms then often those problems have been there for quite some time and they've progressed and so management of them is that much more complex. Checkups are really important for kids particularly because it gets them used to coming to see us and they know who we are, where we are and what we do and we can make dental appointments fun if they're just for checkups and it's really easy to go. But if you wait until you've got problems then it's it's a lot harder to get enthusiastic about going to see the dentist. At checkup what we do we look at sort of three main things. We're looking at the soft tissues in and around the mouth. We're looking for any lumps and bumps that shouldn't be there. In Australia, oral cancer accounts for about 6.5% of cancers that are diagnosed each year. In the early stages, they're quite often symptomless. We're also looking at the health of the teeth, obviously. We're looking for any excess wear, any decay, any fillings that need to be replaced, any cracks in our teeth or our fillings, that kind of thing. And we're looking at the health of our gums and whether people are keeping them nice, and, our mouths nice and clean. If plaque is left to build up around teeth, then it can then harden into something called tartar or calculus. Once it's hardened, you can't take that off with the toothbrush. And so you need us to get rid of that. If we note that build up on those teeth, then we're gonna recommend that you get them cleaned. And we'll usually do that at the same time as we do a checkup and it just helps keep your mouth nice and healthy and easier for you to maintain.
0: And one of the things that I imagine you do during a checkup is make sure that everybody's brushing their teeth properly. Try. What are some tips?
1: Well, the main one, is brush your teeth every day twice a day that sounds basic but you'd be surprised how many people don't do that so get into that habit and have a routine try and be methodical I normally talk about when with my patients about circuits around the mouth start in one place and work your way around so three circuits around the mouth first time round you go all the way around the outsides of your teeth second time round all the tongue sides of your teeth and then third time round all the biting surfaces of your teeth try not to brush in a hurry particularly when you're when you're rushing out that door and you are thinking of the ten things you've got to do before you do that when you're brushing those two minutes think about brushing your teeth and slow down if you brush in a hurry that's when we're most likely to use too much pressure and scrub at those gums
0: so should we be using an electric toothbrush are they better than your normal handheld toothbrush
1: well i use an electric toothbrush because i think i do a better job with one it's easier to do a good job with an electric toothbrush but i have many patients that do a fantastic job just with the regular hand brush it's all in the hand of the user okay what um How you brush is how well you brush is how well that person is spending their attention. If you can have the most amazing brush and still do a terrible job if you're not spending the time with doing it. If you're going to get one, I prefer the ones with the nice small heads and ones that oscillate and pulsate, not just vibrate, because I think you can do a better job with that. And if you're going to go to get an electric toothbrush, get one which has got a good
0: motor, not the very basic ones. And for those of us who just have the regular handheld toothbrush, soft, medium, or hard.
1: Medium to soft, okay, Not, you don't want to have too hard, but again, it, you can have the softest brush, but if that person is scrubbing with the toothbrush, then they're still going to cause harm that way. So th- when you're holding a toothbrush, think of it as being holding it with your finger and thumb rather than a fist grip, that gentle pressure.
0: Now, what about choosing toothpaste? How how do we choose them? There's so many.
1: As long as it's got fluoride in, that's going to give your teeth the best protection. Um, If you've got sensitive uh, sensitive teeth, then you're better off staying away from the whitening toothpastes because that can increase your sensitivity. And similarly, if you do have sensitive teeth, then those sensitive toothpastes can be beneficial. But also just be aware that they can be masking an underlying problem. So if you are getting sensitive teeth, then that's something you should talk to your dentist about first.
0: And what about mouthwash? Is that necessary?
1: It's not essential. I think it's a useful extra, and particularly for those times when you can't brush your teeth so well. If you're going to use it, try and make sure it's got fluoride in it. That again is going to help your teeth and avoid the alcohol mouth rinses because it's been shown that chronic use of long alcohol-containing mouth rinses has been associated with an increased risk of oral cancer.
0: So what about flossing? Is it important to floss? If it is, what are the tips to do it well?
1: Gosh, that's easier done with visuals rather than just talking. Um, Yes, it is important to floss. Flossing accounts for up to about 40% of the cleaning that we need to do to our teeth and gums. Floss gets in between the teeth where the toothbrush bristles just can't reach effectively.
0: So, is that twice a day with brushing?
1: Once a day is usually the best time, okay, it's usually enough, sorry, and I would always floss, suggest that you floss before your nighttime brush and then everything you bring to the surface with the floss you'll then brush away with a toothbrush. Your nighttime brush is the most important um, because when you go to sleep your saliva rates drop, so anything that's stuck on your teeth that's going to cause more harm when you're sleeping. When you floss, there's two tips to remember. Um, You're trying to clean the sides of the teeth, not the space in between and you're trying to bring the plaque away from the gums, not push it in. So get about 30-40 centimetres of floss, wrap it around your index fingers or pointer fingers and hold about the width of a tooth between your thumbs or your middle fingers. one of each and then slide it in between the teeth you'll find it's tight to start with and then it gets loose slide that floss then down in between the tooth and that lump of gum that's between your teeth that lump of gum is called a papilla and we want that to be there it fills the space so we slide that floss down in between the tooth and gum until you feel pressure on that gum. You don't want to be sawing that floss backwards and forwards because you're going to cut into the gum that way. But once you've got that pressure, wrap that floss around the tooth front and back and slide it back out. Then go back into the same space and wrap that floss around the other tooth because there's two teeth to be cleaned in each space. If it bleeds when you floss and you've not been a regular flosser, don't be put off by that. A lot of people when they see the bleeding get put off and their gums can feel puffy and swollen afterwards. You think, oh, why am I doing this? It's making my mouth feel worse, not better. It's because you're cleaning parts of your mouth that you haven't been cleaning before. And so initially there's going to be some settling in period and certainly some reaction if you're doing it every day for about a fortnight you'll find that's about the amount of time it takes to settle in and you'll find that you can feel a big improvement after that it's hard to get it into the habit of flossing if you're not used to doing it but you just need to make it part of your routine some people do find flossing really hard because of dexterity or sometimes arthritis there are lots of gadgets that can help you um are floss holders they're also into proximal brushes that look like tiny little pipe cleaners they're useful as well to go in between the teeth just using something in between those teeth is going to keep that plaque from moving and stop it hardening up.
0: So you mentioned tooth sensitivity before. It's a common thing that people experience. Can you explain why it occurs and and what we need to do about it?
1: There's lots of different reasons that teeth can become sensitive. Um, The most common reason is that you've got some exposed dentine um and that can be either because of worn enamel or um you've been going too hard with the toothbrush and you've exposed some roots um you've pushed that gum back it's called recession or it might be because you've got decay or some cracks in your teeth or your fillings dentine is very tubular in structure and when those tubules are open they lead down to little nerve endings so you touch the surface and you get that feeling um and that can be with hot with cold with sweet all those can be triggers for it if you have got sensitive teeth um, using a sensitive toothpaste can help blocking off those tubules and so also be mindful of acidic foods and drinks because they can keep that sensitivity going. Just be aware, like I said before, sensitive toothpaste can mask the cause. And so if you get sensitive teeth and you, that's not usual for you, go and talk to your dentist about it and find out why they've become sensitive and how you're best
0: managing it. Sugar in the diet. If we eat sugary foods, we're told that it can affect our teeth. How actually does it affect our teeth and how do we minimise the damage of sugary foods affecting our teeth?
1: Okay. Well, every time we eat and drink, unless it's water, there's going to be some sugar present. And those sugars activate those plaque bacteria that we talked about earlier into making those acids that can damage our tooth structure. In order to reduce the damage caused, we wanna try and reduce not only the amount of sugar that we're having, but also the number of times we're having it, because every time something goes in our mouth, again, unless it's water, we're activating those plaque bacteria. We want that downtime in between for the saliva to wash those acids out of our mouth and clear those sugars and acids away and help remineralize the tooth surfaces. We also wanna be careful about the form in which that what we're eating and drinking is if it's something sticky and retentive and it's going to stay in the mouth longer like um dried fruit um biscuits toffees the plaque bacteria are going to be active for longer and so they're going to be causing more harm than if it's something there you're not going to say no sugar nobody's going to say no sugar if you're going to have something try and time it with a meal better not to have it at night because again that nighttime is is when you're most at risk and have it fast don't have it is it's that bag of lollies eat it eat it fast and do it and it's gone <laughs> not that bag of lollies that you sit on the desk and pick at through the whole day sugar free gum is another thing you can do to help keep clear the acids from your mouth if you use if you're having something sugary Chew the gum afterwards and it increases in saliva flow, helps clear those acids and sugars away from your mouth faster and drinking lots of water, just plain tap water.
0: Apparently poor dental health has an impact on other aspects of our health. So not just our teeth and gums. Mm Can you explain the impacts poor dental health has on the rest of our body?
1: Okay, well, initially, you need a healthy mouth in order to speak, to eat, and to socialise. Dental disease negatively affects our general quality of life, not only physically, but psychologically and socially. However, how our mouth health affects our general health is an area of active research at the moment. And the more study they do, the more links they find. And it's been linked with diabetes, with heart disease, with lung disease, with premature births and low birth weights. The more study there is, the more important we see it is to maintain a healthy mouth.
0: Why is it that as we get older, we're more prone to tooth decay?
1: That's not inevitable. I have a lot of older patients that still maintain an amazingly healthy mouth. But as we get older, there are certain things that can make our mouths more prone to it. For one, we've had our teeth, adult teeth, we started getting them about five or six years old. So they've done a lot of wear. And so we start getting worn enamel. We get longer in the tooth. So these roots, the gums recede, and you've got more dentine exposed. Dentine is softer, and so it's more easily decayed. Also, some people need to start taking medications for whatever that might be. So, Parkinson's for your blood pressure, bladder problems, depression. Those medications can reduce the saliva flow. And as we spoke about earlier, saliva is a great buffer against decay it helps clear those foods from your mouth and those sugars faster so if we have less saliva we're going to increase our our, um, decay also sometimes you start to get reflux um, and that's going to increase the acidity in our mouth and that acidity can actually erode corrode away our tooth structure but it also softens it and can make it more prone to decay and plaque bacteria love acid so they're more active in an acidic environment so that again increases our risk sometimes as we get older we become less dextrous So we become less diligent and, and less able to get in all those nooks and crannies. So we're letting those plaque bacteria build up around our teeth. And so if left, then we're more likely again to
0: get decay. Accidents happen. So what should we do if one of our teeth gets knocked out?
1: If it's the whole tooth and not just a bit of it. Ideally, you wanna get it back in there as soon as you can. So if it falls on the ground, pick it up by the crown, not the root. You wanna try not to touch that root because that's covered in really fragile cells and that's what's gonna help that tooth heal back in its socket. Have a look at it. If the root's dirty, gently run it under the tap, but don't wash it with your fingers, just run it under the tap to remove the debris. And as I said, ideally, you wanna push it straight back in that socket and align it to where you think it should be and hold it in place, go and find that dentist. If you can't put it in that mat- in, back in the socket for whatever reason, get the person whose mouth it came out of to hold it in the inside of their cheek so it's being bathed in saliva, okay? Uh, Or if they don't want to do that, in milk, in a cup of milk. And go and see that dentist as soon as you can. The sooner it's treated and fixed, the more chance of success we've got.
0: Anna, we talked about gums bleeding when they floss. Why do our gums bleed? I thought they were bit more resilient?
1: Usually they bleed because it's a sign of inflammation. So that means that we haven't been cleaning them as effectively we should be. And we've been letting that plaque build up and the acids have been causing irritation to the gums. So a lot of people think when they see bleeding from their gums, they need to back off. They've been going too hard. If you haven't obviously bashed that gum and it's bleeding, then that's a sign that you actually need to up your game with your cleaning. You need to get in there more with the floss and the toothbrush to get rid of that inflammation and toughen that gum back up again.
0: Do-it-yourself teeth whitening is really popular now and becoming more and more popular. People are becoming more obsessed with the uh, look of having white teeth. Can you explain what are some of the dangers with this practice?
1: (sighs) Yeah, tooth whining has. It's become very popular in the last few years, um, particularly due to the advertising of celebrities. If it sounds too good to be true, then it probably is, as that old adage goes. There are a lot of whitening toothpastes around, and some of them will will help. But do also remember that some of them, particularly those the charcoal-containing toothpaste, they're more abrasive. And so if we're brushing with those every day, we can actually end up scratching our enamel, harming it, and make them more prone to building up stain and wearing that tooth structure away. There are a lot of bleaching, whitening kits. You have to be wary of what you're buying, particularly if you're buying something that's online. You don't know what you're getting. Some of the gels are in there are so weak they're not going to do anything. And some of them are are stronger than we can actually get in Australia and we can use in Australia. And you can end up getting chemical burns to your gums, your lips, insides of your cheeks. If you want to whiten, you're best talking to your dentist. They've been trained to do this. And there are different reasons, uh, different ways that you can whiten your teeth. And some are more effective for some people than others. If you're going to use the mouth guard systems, it's best that you're using a mouth guard that's made to fit your teeth. So it's then holding that whitening gel up against the teeth where it needs to be so you're using less of it, you're swallowing less of it and it's not resting on the gums where it can cause damage. The other thing to remember is is that whitening gels, they won't whiten tooth coloured fillings and they won't whiten porcelain. So if you've got any crowns or veneers, that's the colour, that's the colour. If you actually use the whitening gels on them, then you can end up taking off the surface glaze. So you make them look matte and dull and again, more prone to building up stain. So this is why you need to talk to your dentist.
0: Where can listeners find out more about this topic and keep up to date?
1: Talk to your dentist. But there's lots of websites around the ADA particularly. So there's the ADA, the Victorian branch, the Australian Dental Association, and there's the national branch. So both of those have their own websites and there's a lot of information sheets present on those. So ADA website is ada.org.au you on the Victorian branch is adavb.net.
0: Dr. Anna Stokes, thank you very much for joining us on the GMHBA Healthier Together podcast series.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a new dawn in health insurance because GMHBA are partnering with AIA Vitality to encourage us to be healthier by rewarding healthy choices. Join GMHBA V Plus with AIA Vitality to earn real rewards for health checks, exercising, even eating well. Changing how you think about health insurance for life. GMHBA and AIA Vitality. Healthier
0: together.